There right. we go. Great. Okay, so um, today we're here to chat about like essentially show business um, and gaining some advice on how to break into the industry. So today we're going to be chatting with the CEO of, and founder of Vox Incorporated, Wes Stevens. Hey, how are you, Robert? Hey, I'm doing good. Um, thank you so much for doing this today. Um, it's a pleasure of having you, of getting to speak with you and just to learn about um you know, running an agency and whatnot. So yeah, I'm looking forward to this conversation. Me too, me too, very much so. Thank you for having me. No problem. So um, I guess the first question that um, I usually ask whenever I do these is, um, so how did you actually um, break or how, what's your little background? Um, like when it comes to the industry and, you know, agencies and whatnot. So how did you get started? Uh, I was in, when I was in school, I produced a lot of um, theater and dance and I had a gallery. So I was super involved in the arts, but I went to the business school. I was at, at the University of Virginia and um, was graduating and uh, interviewing with banks and, you know, department stores to be a buyer. And um, it, at the end of a very productive series of interviews, um, when I got to the senior VP of a division, I knew I had just had the sense I was going to get the job. And I said to the guy, uh, you know, what happened? Like, everything's gone so well. And he's like, we think you're too creative. And it was heartbreaking. And I went back to the head of the drama department who had been a, a, a film producer. And I went to a management professor and, and both independently said, you know, look, you really should be in entertainment. And one of them said, you know, the, the path to producing is, is through agenting is a great way to get there. So it all just kind of fell into place. The voiceover piece was just cool. I, you know, I moved back to Ohio uh, where my parents lived. And uh, at some point my father's like, yeah, I got a job. And I opened up the phone book and there was a, a small agency in, in town. Like, like there are agencies all over this country, you know, handling, non-union talent and, and union talent and doing local commercials and, you know, local productions and films that come through various, you know, regions. And so there happened to be a little agency in Columbus, Ohio. And um, when I got there, you know, I interned for two days and on the, on the third day, they said, well, how would you like to run our voiceover department? And I was like, what's that? And they told me, I'm like, that doesn't sound very glamorous. And they're like, do you want to get paid? And <laughs> That's how my voiceover career started. And, um, you know, I, I think many people in voiceover on the agent side, it, it just fell into place. And I've been very lucky. Everything, you know, from there has just taken off. I moved to L.A. to be an assistant in another agency. And I eventually bought that voiceover department and started Vox. And Vox turned 20 on January 3rd. So it's been a fun run. Oh, um, I was just saying congratulations. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's pretty much how you got started. Um, so with running Fox, I mean, I'm pretty sure that you might hear this question get asked from time to time. But uh, yeah. Uh, so running an agency, did you actually expect to go down um, I guess this career path that this is something that you might make a living off of, or did you have any other uh, like uh, 
careers or uh, I guess areas in entertainment that you wanted to explore, you wanted to dive into prior to um, starting Vox? Yeah, I mean, I have explored. I own two companies now. I own Vox and I own a company called Exit. Um, I've been partners in a number of other companies from a crazy company called Flying Monkeys to, um, uh, yeah, I can't remember all the names. I mean, I've been involved in multiple ventures, um, you know, I, and I've written, you know, I've re- I, you know, wrote a book. It didn't come out, but I was paid to write it. I've written scripts and, and, and you know, screenplays. Um, you know, I've dabbled in all sorts of stuff. So did I think that this was going to be the primary lane? Uh, I ca- it was the lane that was paying the bills and it was the lane where the cash flow was being generated. So we kept investing in it. And then when the opportunity to buy my department at TGI, which was the company I worked for originally, came up to create the agency and do things my way. I think you just, you know, the opportunity presents itself and then, you know, you choose whichever for you choose whichever path at the fork in the road. Um, I kept choosing this one. I was good at it. So I kept investing in it. And then I had a lot of amazing people um, that have worked, you know, with me over the years. Um, some of them are still with me. Others have gone on to, you know, interesting other jobs in the industry um, from casting to, producing to business affairs and, you know, you name it, they're, they're in gaming and animation and TV and film, all sorts of different categories. Um, So, no, I mean, I think, uh, you know, look, I think those of us who go into entertainment rarely do, I think we ever think we're single lane because most of us have a pretty diverse range of interests and I definitely did too. So yeah, I've tried a number of things. Yeah, so I guess the story for how you started the Flying Monkeys division, um, is it does it intertwine with the story of how you started Vox? Or is it... Flying Fly Monkeys was a funny little company that we we were working with David Hasselhoff and, and some others, and we saw an opportunity to kind of... It was before social media uh, was really what it is today and 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 i think we were several years ahead of our time in that we were in essence a social media management entity before the term social media even really existed or influencer um and we were creating niche specific websites around specific celebrity talent which is exactly what a facebook page or you know an instagram account or or whatnot is i mean we were really ahead of um, our time. I mean, it, I think, um, I can't remember what the headline was, the Time Magazine and the Washington Post called David Hasselhoff a you know, social media pioneer. And it was largely because of the work we had done putting together these um, this, this, this page for him on a platform called Ning. So, you know, that was, it was the same lane of, working with talent to advocate on their behalf and to, you know, our motto was capture, capital, capture, captivate, capitalize. I mean, and that's not that different from what we do. Um, I think even just on the agenting side is, you know, we capture audience, we 
captivate it hopefully in some ways and then we we capitalize on the leverage point of having access to that audience so yeah so um i also wanted to ask you um as far as running like a talent agency goes um what are some of your favorite or um at least some of the challenging parts or aspects of running um i guess your own business um because you do have uh, like clients that you can regularly communicate with and um, some other stuff going about. So what can people expect um, if they wanted to do something like this? Um, what would be the, like, I guess, pieces of advice or just stuff that you would like to talk about, share about some of the fulfilling parts and the most challenging, uh, like, areas of running an agency? Um, what would you say are some of your... Um, like favorite and the tricky aspects of doing this type of work? Yeah, I mean, look, owning your own thing is incredible and in that you have this independence and you have this freedom to, to shape a company in terms of corporate culture and client culture and to forge a path and you have some freedom within that. You know, and it's ironic because in the same breath, it, it's a lifestyle. So as much as you have a freedom, you're also expected, there's no off days, there's no hours, you're on the, you know, you're in essence, um, you know, you're beholden to the company and the clients and the employees every day of the year. And, and you know, and they're really, you know, this weekend I was working on some things. Most weekends I work on things and, you know, but you do have other freedoms that are amazing. I think building, individual employee careers and shaping futures for people and providing them benefits and salaries and, you know, and, and I mean, a lot of our ex-employees reach back out to us and, and we, you know, in many cases shaped, you know, made a real difference in their futures in terms of empowering them. I think that feels great. Um, employee, you know, clients, I've had an amazing array of clients, um, you know, extremely talented and, uh, being able to advocate on their behalf, being able to, um, you know, create additional income from them in addition to like maybe other pursuits they have, which then in some cases empower those pursuits and allow, you know, some clients to make different decisions in terms of they don't want to do one project and they want to do one that's more artistic and they get to do it because we've put money in their pocket doing animation or gaming or commercials or something of that nature. I think advocating on behalf of artists in general, I love art and I love creative people. And I think, you know, a lot of creative people are not business people and a lot of creative people don't have um, their, um, you know, they, they, their emotional construct is not one that's necessarily set up to negotiate, you know, or to deal with some of the unpleasantries of, you know, the business. Um, and, I, and so the, the challenge is, I think, is that you never, you know, it never turns off. Then there's the challenge that it's like a down escalator where you can't stop moving, you can't stop innovating, you can't stop pursuing or, or you fall behind that's a lot of pressure, you know, and then there's just the pressures of economics. Like you're, you're always negotiating, you know, you've got to push for everything. No one gives you exactly what you want right out of the gate. You have to, you have to um, 
fight for it a bit. And that can get tiresome. And sometimes you win, sometimes you don't, sometimes you come to a middle ground, you know, um, but it's, you still care about your clients. So, you know, you, um, you always want to win. So it's, it's not always easy when things don't really work out or you, somebody you really believe in, you can't get them booked for some reason. And, you know, it, it, I think it pains a good agent. I think that that causes a certain amount of pain. Like, like you're like, God, why can't I get, I really believe in this person. Why can't I get them, you know, over that hump of, of creating income and, you know, and, and, and they may be doing the auditions, but they're not getting the gigs. There's a lot of layers to it. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't trade it, you know, but I don't think it's easy either. Like, I think a lot of people think I'm going to start my own business and and it's going to be fun. And it's like, man, this thing is challenging. Like it's, uh, you know, it's not for the faint of heart. I guess that's what I would say. So what are some of the main things or the top um, qualities or what would you say that you're as uh, an agent, what are you mainly looking for with talent and clients and whatnot? When you um, want to add this person onto your roster and what are the main key um, ingredients or elements you're looking for when it comes to making a good dish, essentially? So what are um, some top qualities that you're looking for when it comes to, um, you know, adding new clients or actors or just um, other like, um, studio for, or just et cetera. So what is it that you're looking for when it comes to um, adding new talent onto the roster? Um, at least for Vox or Flying Monk. Or yeah, least- yeah. No, I mean, Flying Monk is long, is long gone. Vox is yeah. the company, the, the agency. Uh, look, we look at what's going, what, what's going on in the marketplace in terms of what's booking, uh, what are the trends. Then we look at our list and we look at who we represent that fits those trends if we have gaps in the list then we start looking at that um you know uh we're always looking for a strong point of view we're always looking for folks that can you know they're going to be sharp they got to be able to look at a piece of copy or a script and see something you know see the turns and be able to compel the listener to either you know engage in whatever the um, call to action is for the you know commercial opp- you know opportunities but then on the animation side i think it's making creating and gaming side it's creating a three-dimensional character that is authentic exciting um hopefully innovative i mean you know i think we're always looking for something that's going to cut through and in order to cut through you've got to do something that's original so um you know, we're looking for that. We're looking, definitely looking for experience. We can hear, we can hear it in the first like few seconds of a demo, you know, or based on a body of work, we can look at something and say, this person's got the chops and they've got something really original and and unique. But then we do always look at it against our existing list because we're making an investment in our existing clients. So, you know, we would always rather, continue that investment and see it through to a return, then bring someone new in and then be, you know, have the list go too deep in any particular category. So it's a little vague because it's really, you know, it's, it's client to, it's, it's talent to talent specific, but that gives you a general overview. Okay. So, um, 
who would you say have been some of your favorite clients that you've worked or that you've worked with over the years at least? No, it's tricky because I, I have an amazing client list and I really have enjoyed, um, I've enjoyed all my clients, you know, um, you know, you always get nostalgic for the ones that have passed away. So, you know, David Graff was very kind to me in the beginning of my career and, and, a, and a very funny man, um, you know, Ed Asner, who just passed away, was one of my beloved yeah. clients. I put him in Up, Joe Lasky, you know, who was the voice of, you know, after um, Mel, he was the primary voice out there of, you know, of Daffy and Marvin, and he did more and more bugs towards the end of his life. Joe is an incredible talent. You know, I did a, a lot of work with him. Um, John DiMaggio is still a client of mine and, and the voice of Jake and Bender. And, um, you know, John makes me, we've, you know, we've worked together 25 plus years and the man makes me laugh every time I speak with him. You know, David Hyde Pierce, did, I've done a lot of really interesting work for David and George Takei, Will Wheaton. Um, I've been very lucky. I've been very fortunate. A lot of amazing um, clients over the years. Yeah, it's always very nostalgic looking back at the ones who have. Um, I, had a lot, who have lot Susan, Susan, I was thinking, like, I didn't mention any women, which is not any particular. There's no reason for that. I, I have some clients that are not clients anymore that I enjoyed working for years ago but but one of the current ones i love working for is susan bennett who's the original voice of siri and um she's incredible and and we've done well in the market of um that type of voiceover has been very productive for us we also represent the american and british alexas so i can't name names but we represent those talent and um it's uh yeah, it's really interesting work because it's on the cutting edge of how the marketplace works. But yeah, I mean, there's it's not even fair because I have I have such a rich client list, and I you know I've really I just we've been very lucky. We've been very lucky as an agency. Nice. So yeah, it's always looking back and remembering those that you've worked with and how you've had mainly positive interactions with them um and it's like when you look back at people that you've talked to and even the projects that they've worked on uh, or the projects that you were involved in it's like you kind of get the sense that these people are like uh you're bonding with a family member and it's like an old friend that you know knew from school and you guys have been friends for years and years and years and um yeah and then um, eventually, um, yeah, I mean, the good times wouldn't last forever, um, but at least you still got, it's the positive memories that really, uh, that really do matter, um, and that you still remember for the good times that you had with them, so, yeah. Uh, were there, like, any particular projects that really stood out to you that, uh, you know, your company handled or that you've worked on? that you've helped out with? Yeah, I mean, I mean favorites have been, um, it's interesting, a lot of them are uh, films. Uh, I represented um, I represented John Forsyth for many years. And so 
the Charlie's Angels movies we're excited to work on and to work on behalf of John and uh, A Bug's Life was one of my first animated features. I put David Hyde Pierce in that and loved working on that movie. You know, putting Ed in Up was an amazing experience. Um, doing Craig's last deal on Incredibles 2, you know, that was an, a huge movie, obviously. Um, Futurama. Um, all of the Looney Tunes work for Joe, particularly, I think, the Emmys that were won on um, on um, Duck Dodgers, you know, it was amazing to see him accomplish that, you know, and I was happy for that. Um, you know, with some amazing commercial campaigns like Farmers Insurance, where we have um, J.K. Simmons in that campaign, and that's been very good to us. And um, there's, there's, I mean, there's many projects. There's a lot of fun ones and interesting ones, and um, it's you know, it's twenty. 27 years of bookings and 20 years as Vox is it's a lot of um it's a lot of projects there's you know every year there's at least a few projects that are really fun to be a part of and I was just remembering Dan Asner the other day um just watching him as Luke ran on the Mary Tyler Moore show um I think that was probably if it wasn't up that I was introduced to him it was definitely um that show that I um, mainly remember him on. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, I think he had his own spinoff series. Um, I'm not sure if it's still on. The only actor to win the Emmy for both comedic and dramatic for the same role. Nice. So he won, he won the Emmy for Mary Tyler Moore for Lou Grant, and then he won the Emmy dramatic for Lou Grant. Um, the which was its which was the spinoff dramatic series about the oh yeah yeah that was spun off into its own show but um yeah it's just really nice that he had a long prosperous career and then um of course we know that he passed away just recently last year um it um i mean i just really loved his work and um he was seemed like such a really nice warm person and um just him talking about his career um you know, in interviews and whatnot. Um, I mean, that's the, what people, I know that some people have this assumption that like, um, oh, Hollywood, um, a lot of actors are, you know, kind of mean or whatever. But um, I mean, I will say that some of them, um, they are, I mean, you have people like Ed or Joe or anybody that you represent. Um, they are just incredibly kind and gifted and talented, and they can be absolutely, they're just a joy to be around with. Um, and for, uh, let's see, Joe Lasky, um, I remember um, when I was watching, I think he was um, Plucky Duck on Tiny Toons. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think that was like the first time that I've ever heard of man. And um yeah, he just had this amazing gift and talent that um, um, he could do impressions, he could do original characters. He is a stand-up comedian, was a stand-up comedian. He also was a cartoonist, he could write, he could pretty much do anything, um, singing, dancing, all that stuff, um, theater. So he did a large body of work for the time that he was here with us. Um, and like you mentioned, winning the Emmys for Duck Dodgers and I think Looney Tunes back in action. Um, yeah, it was just, um, he was just incredible. So um, were there like any, 
any fond favorite memories that you had with um, Joe or, or by extension, Ed? Um, do you have like any favorite positive memories that you have working with um, both of these men? Yeah, I mean, on Joe, his ability to bring these characters to life and his knowledge yeah. of Termite Terrace and his knowledge of oh, yeah. the Looney Tunes. history no of the characters was, was prolific. You know, my, two of my favorite memories of Joe was one was working with Chuck Jones himself in yeah. Capitol Records in the studio that Sinatra and so many others have recorded in and watching J Joe and June Foray bring Sylvester and Tweety and grandma to life and watching Joe was not a small man and watching him physically start to like transform into Tweety. Um, it's just incredible, you know, and, and obviously being there with June um, you know, it was a legend. Uh, that was that was a that was an amazing moment. And Chuck Jones, you know, being there and given his prolific, you know, all the things he's created for us to enjoy. Um, the other one was one time Joe did a um, the Sassons uh, piece, the Carnival of the Animals. Um, and Joe was live on stage with I think it was the Santa Barbara symphony and um he literally live on stage had an argument between daffy and bugs and i mean the voices are overlapping and he's doing this live and you know over the years people would say i want to get into animation and i'm like well this is what you're up against is guys who can do that? And you know, it was just one of those moments you're sitting in the audience and you're just filled with um, tremendous pride. You know, on Ed, you know, going to the junket for Up was, you know, spending that kind of time with Ed was a lot of fun. And then the premiere for Up was very fun. And that um, Ed was very kind to my nephew, who was only, I think, about five at the time. And um, one of our fond memories of that was the golden book for up at the end of the book when the house is going down through the clowns it says down 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 so here we are at the premiere the theater is pretty quiet the house starts to go down through the clouds and you hear this little voice go down 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 and it was my nephew and um it got a good laugh so and, and so just ed was just ed was ed was the real deal um he was funny uh, he was cranky. <laughs> he was, um, yeah, he was just the real deal. He was great. He was just great. Mm -hmm. And what about David that you mentioned before? David Graff. David Graff was just, um, you know, he was like an uncle. Like, like when I first moved to LA and I was a young assistant, um, and then, an, and then a, a young agent, David and his family were just very kind to me. And he was, he was, he was, you know, David, the thing about those types of talent and the, the names I've mentioned, all of them walk in a room with a very clear sense of point of themselves and a clear sense of point of view. And they know how to deliver their read, their version, their point of view consistently. And David was definitely that where, you know, he, his comic timing was brilliant. His sense of self was, was secure. And when he walked in, 
to the studio, he knew how to do David and he knew how to deliver the laugh or the line or the moment. And he was fearless and fun. And, uh, and again, just, I've been very lucky, you know, I, there's always exceptions, but I don't have very many, you know, uh, my clients have all been really cool people who are real professionals and, um, generous, uh, of spirit, you know, and of talent. So, um, I don't know if everybody can say that, you know, but I can, like, we've been very lucky as an agency and I've been very lucky as an agent. Um, yeah, going back to Looney Tunes real quick. Um, I mean, sometimes the Looney Tunes characters, they do tend to alternate between different actors. Um, I mean, sometimes um, it can go to Bob Bergen, sometimes it's Jeff Bergman, um, and sometimes it was the late Greg Burson, and now Eric Bauza, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, yeah, just a lot of these different actors just put their um, unique, um, like, I know they, um, it's going to be really hard trying to fill in the shoes of Mel Blaine, and all of them do um, do their best to keep the integrity of the characters alive. Um while still being, um, I mean, they do tend to bring what Bell did for the characters, but still maintaining their own, um, adding their own unique flair or um, flavor to the characters. So um, that's what I really um, admire a lot about these actors that are still working on the franchise to this very day. Um, And like I mentioned, Joe was really one of the best voice actors that we had in the like pretty much in the industry period. Um, I will say that he's probably in my personal top 20. Um, that can change a lot, but yeah, Joe is definitely um, one heck of a talent. And that's what I can really say. That's pretty much the biggest compliment that I can give to somebody is um, they were amazing. They had everything. They had the chops. They had the versatility. Um, they just had it all. And uh, yeah, very glad that he and everybody else that, um, those who are no longer with us provided us with the entertainment, the laughs, the cries, the joy, and just everything while they were still here with us. And I'm glad that they managed to accomplish that for the time that, you know, that they've spent working in show business. So I guess with that said, um, uh, so if you can talk about anything at the moment, um, you could just talk about any future stuff like, exciting projects um clients and all of that so um yeah um where can we expect to see the future for box incorporated where can we expect to see what you guys are going to have in store for us in the future yeah that the, you can talk about, the downside of that I and mean, there's a lot of exciting work going on in gaming um we're wrapping up a big primetime deal you know and um you know some features the, the downside is nowadays more more than ever before we sign NDAs on every project we seemingly seem to work on, um, keeping things under wraps until the studio announces and, and it's pretty close to launch, um, which is great. I mean, you know, every day we're involved in, you know, what I would think many people would consider the coolest stuff and and you know, film, TV, gaming, you know, across the board. Uh, we're very lucky um, to work on really cool and interesting projects. And then, 
you know, case in point, we have to sign NDAs so we don't talk about them because they want to keep these things a surprise to have them have maximum impact. But I mean, our clients will be, will continue to be out there, you know, in the best content that's being made in the marketplace, you know, and, and that voices are being lent to. Okay, cool. So, um, yeah, since we are in the middle of this um, pandemic, um, how has it really um, changed or affected the way people work in the industry? Um, or at least how did, does it affect, like, at least your line of work um, with um, Vox and the people that you represent? Um, how do you think that it has changed or affected the industry um, in a big way? And where do you see it, where do you see personally see it moving forward in the future as we're still navigating through this? Um, these times of uh, interesting times, let's just say that. <laughs> it didn't. I mean, I think initially it was a hiccup in that we had to figure out new ways to do it, but everybody set up home studios and everybody started, you know, and some of the studios would send out kits if they wanted to maintain a certain kind of audio integrity. But um, there's, you know, we haven't missed a beat. As an agency, we had some of our best years ever. Um, which is amazing. Uh, so I think we've all learned how to work remote. I think people are enjoying the remote work and then it gave them a lot of freedom, a lot of talent moved out of LA into markets where they, you know, houses are more affordable or they could have a, you know, um, a better quality of life. Uh, you know, so I think, you know, I, I don't, it's interesting, many, folks in many markets were deeply affected. I think the voiceover market, we uh, we navigated this space uh, very um, gracefully and I think even productively, like I think, you know, we, we saw some benefits in terms of, you know, we did well financially. So I think, you know, and I think that's just gonna continue. How about conventions? Um, are you guys involved with uh, marketing clients to the convention? Um, seeing no, like we don't. We don't. Market. There are agents specific for the convention. Yeah, agents. Yeah. And we, okay. um, it's just never been a space that we. Our clients are all doing conventions for sure. We handle some. You know, every now and then there's a client that we handle some of those for. Most of our clients have their own convention agent specific to that space. Um, but yes, our clients are. You know, my client Will Wheaton, George, you know, George Takei, John DiMaggio. Um, I mean, all these, all these clients are at, uh, conventions all over the world. Sweet. So, um, what do you like to do in your downtime? If you don't mind me asking. No, uh, I've got a husband and two dogs. So I enjoy spending time with them and working awesome. in our yard. Uh, and I, I took back up a hobby from my childhood and I've been, um, riding horses again. So I ride several times a week. And um, we love to travel. We're excited for the world to really start to reopen. Hopefully we don't, you know, I know there's conflicts that are brewing. So, you know, hopefully travel will resume here in earnest, you know, this year, because it would be nice to start taking some trips places. But um, yeah, I love film. I love going to film. I love going to the theater and to the symphony. So it'll, again, it'll be really nice when we can, go to those things and not have to wear a mask for two hours, two, three hours. Like that's not my kick, but we'll do it. We'll do what we got to do. But um, yeah, 
the arts. I love the arts. Well, and do you have any last piece of advice that you want to give to anybody out there, um, any aspiring actors or artists or just anybody in general that are interested in giving this wild, crazy career a shot? Yeah. Or basically to do what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, it's simple. You suit up and you show up every day and you, um, I think mindfulness is key. You have to be able to hold this thing lightly and not, it's, you know, it's serious business, but you can't take it too seriously because you gotta, you know, if you do, then you can't see the angles. So um, but you suit up, you show up every day, you keep chipping away. It's a, it's a geometric progression. So, you know, if you tip the first domino, then I think it's like the 64th domino or, or 164th or 64th domino would be, you know, the distance from here to the moon. So everything's a geometric progression. And if you chip away at something today and you chip away at it tomorrow and so on and so forth, and you take the indicated actions, um, you can create impact and create great impact. Um, you know, and I think our, our worst enemy is generally between our ears you know, uh, and the stories we tell ourselves about ourselves, the stories we tell ourselves about other people, if we can somehow stay present and, um, you know, and, and, and let things unfold and trust, then I think a lot of great things can happen. If we live in fear and anxiety, well, then a lot of fearful and anxious things happen. So that would be my big advice. Awesome. So um, if you like to promote, um, I guess, um, your company website or social media, um, since we've approached the end of this, that would be very much appreciated. Yeah, you can find us at voxusa.net, voxusa.net. And um, there you can find our handles to all of our social channels and um, find out a little bit more about the agency. Awesome. And do you have any final words that you'd like to say before we eventually sign up, sign off for today? No, just to thank you, Robert, for the opportunity. Yeah, not a problem. No problemo. So I guess this concludes this little chat. So, um, yeah, this will be posted on my various social media. So stay tuned for that. And with that said, this is Robert Jackson signing out of here. So until then, stay safe, everyone. Stay healthy. And um, yeah. Stay cold because it's cold today and windy over here. So, yeah, thank you and um, have a good day. See you next time. Bye.